man. Fantastic, and we are recording. So uh, welcome, folks. Welcome, welcome to the um, Extraordinary Experts interview series, and we have another expert with us today. I'm really uh, pleased to have this gentleman with us. Uh, we started communicating just a few weeks ago, and I've uh, been aware of his training for a little while. He's doing some really great stuff working with uh, Parkinson's population and other populations as well in the uh, Northern Cal area, near the, in the, the Bay Area, right, generally speaking, Daniel? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you are a Rocksteady coach. You're a, a master personal trainer. You're a senior fitness coach. You have three Rocksteady affiliates. Uh, you are an affiliate with three Rocksteady locations, which is fantastic. And so... For those who are watching and listening, I'm pleased to introduce my, my special guest, Mr. Daniel Burkhardt. Thanks for joining me, man. How you doing? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I was looking forward to this for quite some time since we've been talking the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's just great. It's great to be on. And we've definitely done some adapting with uh, the last six months, seven months being in COVID. So it's been interesting, but it's been fun. Yeah, you know, now that you mentioned that, that was the other question I wanted to ask that I forgot to write down. So uh, we'll get to that, though. I'd like to get to that. I think that'll naturally just come up. Um, well, that's cool. So, you know, I really enjoy anytime I've been teaching, especially around the United States or parts of Canada, and a little bit in Europe, I've in certain areas, but especially the States, I've had a lot of rock steady coaches come to my workshops. And I love it because they add so much to the fill out uh, another dimension that uh, is highly beneficial for everyone, you know, everyone who's learning. And we mix it up with, you know, people with Parkinson's, caregivers, people with other movement disorders, OTs, PTs, um, everyone. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you is because you've been doing this for a while now. You have three locations. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what got you interested in working with the Parkinson's population? Sure. So really, what it came, what it really started was, which a lot of Brock studies is the 60 Minutes News segment Leslie Stahl did yeah. back in 2015. Her husband was participating in a Rock Steady, and you know, uh, headquarters went from 72 affiliates being in business 10 years, and then after that interview, we have over since then over 900 affiliates worldwide. Um, and so what got it going for me was I have a background in a whole bunch of martial arts and my dad recorded the news segment he said I think this would be right up your alley and so I watched it and I go it, it, I was really intrigued and I looked up the closest rock steady and it was in uh, San Francisco at the time which like I said it's about 45 minutes from where I live in Concord and so I just I reached out to the owner Kim Woolley we're still good friends to this day we stay in touch uh, Kim Woolley and Freddie Silva, that's how we all met. He's the one that runs three affiliates in the San Jose, Silicon Valley area. Okay. I actually volunteered with him for a year uh, uh, underneath him in his class. I would just drive out every Sunday for a year uh, just to see if it worked. You know, I was kind of a skeptic myself. Let's see if this works. And yeah. there was a, a new fighter that joined the same day I started volunteering. And so I just kept my eye on him for about a month. and. Within that month, I saw his confidence improving. I saw his balance improving. And I was like, okay, now I can stand behind this product. And then from there, it was just my mission. How can I get this to the East Bay? Yeah. Um, and so then after that first year, it was, 
you know, I got Kim's blessing. Yeah, we're not going to go to the East Bay. Please do. And so I said, okay. You know, that's another thing for me is making sure I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. I want to do it properly. I don't want to upset anyone in the community. Yeah. And so once Kim gave me the okay, it was like, all right. So then it was hunting down a good gym that would fit the needs for my fighters, a uh, good relationship with, you know, gym owner. I sublet from a lot of locations. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, and, and so since then it was, you know, June of, or December of 2016, I started one affiliate with two partners, um, which was great. It, it, it got pretty big in the first six months and then it was opening Albany location. Um, and then I kind of split from my first location. We just had different mindsets with business and everything. And it just wasn't a good fit then, but they had a great program. We started that program, went well. Uh, I just decided I need to split for just, you know, more of integrity reasons. Sure. And so then it was from there, it was running, my focus went to the Albany Rocksteady. Um, I'm also partnered up with PD Active, which is a nonprofit based out of Berkeley. Um, that really it's, uh, I have their little uh, trifold here, which is a little bit hard to read, but I, I like their saying. It says, by and for people affected by Parkinson's disease in the East Bay. And really their goal is to keep the East Bay Parkinson's community moving and informed. Uh, so that's been a big blessing. Uh, they helped me out when I'm trying to grow the program. They would give me some seed money so that I could help help me out with the rent so that I could keep adding classes. So they've really had my back since I took over the Albany location. And then since then it was the Mount Diablo support group, which is located more on the 680 corridor in Walnut Creek all the way out to Pleasanton is about a 20 minute drive with their two locations they were reaching out to me they had came to a pd active uh mini fair every year we do a mini fair all of our uh, programs there's about 14 programs for people with parkinson's disease for in pd active and so we do a mini fair just to let the community know this is what's out there this was available boxing dancing yoga voice projection classes um and so one of their board members their vice president approached me about a year and a half ago and said, we need this out, you know, in the East Bay, closer to, you know, Danville, San Ramon area. And I said, okay, once I get, you know, a certain amount of fighters committed, I'll, I'll start one. And so then it, they, they had the commitment. I got the Danville Rocksteady boxing going about a year ago. It's coming up on a year and that's been really awesome. Um, and then right before COVID, I started my Hercules Rocksteady location which is about 15 minutes from Berkeley area. Uh -huh. And uh, I have a great coach there. She's the owner there as well as a coach, uh, Coach Kim. And she's out of the bar athletics and they're doing, still doing a great program. We're still trying to grow that location. When COVID hit, it kind of got put on pause, but we're still, Coach Kim and I still run online classes uh, six days a week for, for the Rocksteady community. Dude, that's great, man. Yeah, you know, while, you're t while we're talking about that, um, Again, that was a question I totally forgot that I wanted to ask you after I sent you questions, right? Sure. And now, for anybody watching, sorry, I'm a little bit uh, dark in the image here. Light sensitive right now after my eye surgery last week, which you can probably tell it's off. But, man, the vision's amazing, so I'm lucky. But um, so tell me, like, well, I'll tell you a story real quick first. Although this interview is about you, but not me. Um but I will share it anyways. So I was working at the university here at Syracuse just since last August until COVID, right? When they shut down everything, the campus yeah. and uh, 
uh, classes went online, gym shut down, and I, they recruited me back. I had worked there for a couple of years, years ago, because I decided to stop traveling. And um, so I went back and worked in there. I had my own business outside of there. But never until COVID had I ever done an online session, personal or otherwise. And I had thought about it, you know, because I actually know some trainers who are doing a great business online for many years. I never did it. And um, what has your experience been with, like with that? I, I found that for me being forced into it was uh, actually a really good thing. And it's not that hard. This is not rocket science. But um, it actually allowed me to keep working too and helping people for those who were willing to jump on Zoom or something. And many were. How did it affect your business? How did you handle it? Had you done it before? What's this experience been like for you doing the online thing? Sure. So, you know, one one word that's always given me peace over the last few years is adapting. And yeah. so adapting is really what I, 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 that's my mindset when something like COVID hits. I had not done any online training before March. Um, and it was just, what can I do to keep my fighters moving? You know, that was my priority. Uh, and so I actually was living in another location. I had a one car garage on an iPhone was how I started just had like a mount holding my iPhone. I put up three of my Rocksteady shirts as my background and had a little bench and just a couple free weights, some cones and my boxing gloves. And That's I was cool. like, let's just figure it out. I had a Bluetooth speaker for the music. Uh, in that setup, I can never get the music and uh, sound quality correct. Exactly. So, that, <laughs> so I had to turn it, I turned it into a game. How can I make this as professional as possible? That's always been my mantra with uh, the fitness industry was there's a lot of passion in fitness and health but I always felt like there's been a little bit of lacking on the business side of it so that was kind of my goals how can I make this more professional and so that's what I did the last few months is well my background I need my background to be more professional I need to have some bags up I, another reason why was to motivate my fighters if you could just pick one bag that I put up and put it at your house that'll help you a double in bag a speed bag i mean i know the heavy bags more of a commitment takes up a little bit more room but that's another thing i do is i always look online find different things that fighters can use at home and so part of it was a big thing was morale booster um i want the background to be inviting the ground is blue blue is calming for the ground um also for safety i was i was on little uh, quarter inch six rubber mats and they would slide around on me when i'm teaching class and so this mat's great it's a five by ten dolomar mat um and it doesn't move around it's one one inch and a quarter thick oh, nice. uh, so that helps too because it's like i'm teaching five days a week so you know another thing is just making sure i'm okay recovery wise impact wise yeah uh, right. yeah it's definitely it's been a little journey I run it. I run through. Uh, you can see in the background. I've got a TV mounted on the wall, so yeah. I can see all the fighters during class to make corrections cool. of posture, range of motion. Um, and then the, I finally figured out the sound. I run it. I hardwired the Ethernet cord into my garage, so there's no issue with reception anymore with Wi-Fi issues. That was another hurdle I had to get over. And then I run the sound system through a receiver from an iPad. And so now I finally got that sweet spot of I can run music and they can hear me talking the whole time, giving instruction. So that was like a big accomplishment that took months to figure out. That's good to know, actually, because um, that's something I'm struggling with, too, a little bit during webinars when we have music as a portion of it. And, you know, it's the workshops I do online now. 
might have to call your brother and get some uh, Ethernet yeah. cord lessons. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing out here. Uh, Comcast they won't let a uh, residential have two um, routers, and I thought that was crazy. Uh, yeah. And and so originally, just out of the essence of time, I actually had two routers from Comcast. But then within a month, I'm like, this doesn't make sense to be spending an extra $100 a month on internet. Oh, yeah. So my brother yeah. and I just ran the ethernet cord from the opposite side of my house to the garage. And, and that saved, you know, figure 1200 bucks or 1200 a year. Yeah, internet. sure. So it's coming right out of the router and goes into your, is it the iPad? Uh, no, so I've got it split. I've got a box that splits off one for my computer and then one for my Apple TV so that there's no connection. Ah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. Great idea. Yeah. Okay, that's something I need to do. Thank you for that advice. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I also I run it on a tripod. It was actually an easel, but it goes six feet tall. So oh. that was the benefit. So now you can see height and everything. You know, when I'm standing, you're seeing my whole body. That was another thing was making sure my fighters could see my feet so that they see how I'm rotating yeah. my ankles and my movement. Exactly. Yeah, all that stuff is so important. A lot of people, like myself, actually, were very visual. If I see stuff, I'm gonna, I'll remember, um, and I need to see it. So tell me, let's go back just a little bit. So um, when you you started volunteering, about when? Like how many years ago? And then when did you become an affiliate? Uh, so 2015, I started volunteering. It was about November of 2015, and then December of 2016, I, I was on the waiting list, and I got certified as the Rocksteady coach. Flew out to back then. The only way you could do it was fly to Indiana, do a, a three-day certification course. Um, now we're now they're offering uh, a couple locations. My friend Freddie Silva is one of the training facilities for new coaches. So a year about gosh, it's probably been almost two years. We I went down there and helped him certify the new coaches from all over the world japan oh, cool. is the one that stood out to me um and then there's now we just did a dry run with headquarters last week on a new certification for getting some online courses going to help keep getting people certified so Good. i was one of the coaches that kind of observed and gave some input so i was really honored that i was able to do that um, i love having facetime with the head coaches christy rose foamer and then christine timberlake and so it's just always good. I always say, I tell them at the end, yes, uh, last Friday, it's, it's good to see my uh, fight family at headquarters because it's so important for us to stay connected. We do a coach connect. Uh, it's about every Wednesday or bi-weekly. And so that's really important too, is we, as coaches, we need to be checking in with each other too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that team works really important in so many ways, right? You can share ideas, you can learn, um, so I know that uh, Rocksteady is primarily um, originally, well, actually, isn't the founder of it somebody who lives with Parkinson's? Yeah, Scott Newman. He's a, he was the original creator of it, the founder. Okay. And how, what, you know, he was a DA for Indiana, Indiana, and he couldn't write his name anymore, you know, and, and as yeah. a lawyer, that was a concern and issues. So his buddy, that was a Golden Gloves uh, boxer, just to help him deal with the depression and taking on the city at 41. Uh, he's like, why don't you just box with me? And then from there, you saw his name again. And so it was just, there was no doubt. I met him last or in Arizona at our coach conference, our last coach conference. And 
he just knew right away. There was no doubt. This is what we need to do. He reached out, found Christy Rose Fulmer, who was a, a retired professional boxer, mm -hmm. and said, I want you to be the head, the, the face of this program. I want you to be their head coach. And so I just thought it was so cool that when I met him, he was so solid, there was no doubt. He's like, this works, I know it, let's just get after it. And so that was really motivating. I tell you, most of my research all year this year since COVID has been, actually all of it, solely on the brain and the neurochemicals like dopamine, how to create dopamine, different ways of creating it, serotonin, oxytonin, um, melatonin, whatever. Dopamine being the main one, because we know that in uh, Parkinson's, that is the primary neurotransmitter that's uh, diminished in its production, and it causes a lot of problems because of the substantial nigra being a dying part of the brain in Parkinson's. But, um, you know, I'm going to go back, and I just hear me out here, everybody who is watching and listening, because years ago, I was skeptical of Rocksteady. I was skeptical of other programs I saw, not that they didn't work, but uh, that maybe it wasn't enough. And you know what I think? I think that's totally wrong. And it's it's way enough. As a matter of fact, the fact that you get, and I'm going to tie this in, though, with the research on the brain. The fact that people go to Rocksteady because it is a go-to. It is, in fact, it's the number one go-to, period. Globally, that is the number one. Oh, there's a rock study program. Oh, great. Well, we're going to go. Everybody tries that or they go to it first if they're going to do anything, like, or 90% of the time, you know. And there's a reason for it. There are a lot of reasons for it. But the, the fact that people get up, they get moving, that in and of itself is huge. That is like the biggest. The biggest hurdle for so many people is to actually get moving because with rapid dopamine, you you want to be a couch potato. That's just a fact. Dopamine is a, you know, I'm sure you know, it's a driver. It's a reward thing. But it's it's also very much a driver. There's a neuroscientist near you and uh, not far from you in Stanford, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who will be on in January to talk. His, his research in creating dopamine is just mind-boggling and actually it has really taken me back to realizing that just getting off the couch and actually taking a step literally literally taking a step forward is the first step yes i mean but it's not it's, it's more than just the first step it's the first step of taking a step it's first step psychologically emotionally it's also a first step of leaning into movement leading into the psychology of getting up getting out the door getting in your door and getting going yeah. and i'm sure uh, from what i've seen in the rock study the coaches who come to where i've been and teaching and things i always pick on in a good way because i say please show us stuff because we're all here to learn from each other and what i love is you can get really creative with what you do you can gamify it you can make it uh, a challenge. You can make it a goal. And that whole dopamine, that's driving people to achieve the goal, whether it's, you know, a, a certain memory pattern of, you know, you're doing hooks and this or two reps and a right or whatever. It, this gamifies, it creates a great environment. It 
for people. It makes it fun. They get to socialize. They get their heart rate up. They get to start creating a little BDNF in the brain, which helps to slow disease progression, slow design, dying brain cells, death of dying brain cells. And, and they feel better when they're done, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How about putting words now? I'm just, I'm expecting you to answer it because I know you're going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They feel better because when you get moving, all these chemicals and neurochemicals and hormones start going. And it's like, this is even for me who, you know, has, have been clinically depressed in my life. Movement is the creator of the drugs in my human pharmacy known as the brain that gets me over the depression hump. Yes. And that's another thing with Parkinson's depression, anxiety are hand in hand. Yes. And so that's a big part is, I do all my assessments. Uh, we were talking about this in, last week with, with all the coaches. Uh, I find value in that. I want to meet every single person that enters the door. I want to build that one-on-one -on -one right away because I know just to get in that door, there's a lot of anxiety. There's, I mean, most people, I'd say now 90% have never boxed in their life. And so, sure. and some people have even told me, I've had uh, some of my uh, lady fighters say, I used to think boxing was barbaric. I wanted nothing to do with it my whole life. And now I love it. So it's like that, that's kind of a cool um, thing about it is you're getting people that never had wanted anything to do with the sport, but now see the benefits for health and the camaraderie is really key. You know, you talked about coming into the, the gym and that's really what it is, is the camaraderie where all, everyone in the room is dealing with the same disease. And so that's important too. I mean, because I've had fighters say, like if there was a spouse that started to participate a little bit, they're like, you know, this is kind of our club. Like we want to protect our club. And so I'm very uh, sensitive to that because uh, everyone works so much harder together. And uh, that's really what, what was my challenge in the beginning with doing the Zoom is, I need to keep the social aspect in here. Mm -hmm. And so I've never, at the beginning of class, it's pretty standard uh, with Rocksteady to do a get to know you question. I never took that out. I've talked to some Rocksteady coaches that were like, ah, oh, we took it out for time. And I'm like, no, that's a very important element. Don't, I always tell people, don't take it out. I don't care if it takes 10 minutes or 20 minutes to get through 20 fighters answering a question, it's too valuable. We need that aspect. Another thing was I used to mute up my mics in class so that they wouldn't bounce around to other people's screens so they'd always see me. And then I realized, no, we need to be able to hear each other. I need us to be working on voice projection throughout the class. So now I keep all the mics open and it's not an issue. So it, that's because of the aspect of socializing and making sure we're staying engaged, even if we are in our office at our house, we're still engaging with each other. I love that, man. And, you know, it, going back and reviewing a couple of things there, the fact that you're doing the one-on-one, -on -one, get to know them, that's like paramount, man. Because people want to, they want to know that you care and you have compassion and obviously you do. And they'll feel that. And when they feel that, it's a huge difference. Um, you're not a coach walking around with a chip on your shoulder. You know, you're a person who cares about helping people. And we talked on the phone here a week or two ago and I could hear that in your voice too. I just knew I said, okay, this yeah, this guy's doing the real stuff, man. And that's the other thing that's really um I think for me rewarding, and I want to ask you, my next question actually has to do um with some of your most rewarding experience. But I tell you one of the things I love about a group setting and Rock Study's a perfect setting for it is people with Parkinson's a lot of times 
they get into this mindset where they're self-conscious and they don't want to leave the house as much because they're afraid, you know, they might trip and fall or, you know, that maybe the tremors make it hard for them to eat or drink. So they might spill something and make a mess and they don't want that attention or that embarrassment. And so Rocksteady brings them in. They have something in common, like you said, and they get to socialize now, whether it's on Zoom, which is better than nothing. Yep. Um, it's a great substitute or in person. I mean, this socialization, it's a, it's, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I could say it's a lifesaver, but I think it is a quality of lifesaver a lot of times so that people are, it's a definitely a quality of lifesaver uh, for many people. What are some of your most rewarding experiences? Do you have any, a couple oh, yeah. you'd want to share? Cause you've been doing this long enough, man. I'm sure you've seen some really cool stuff happen. Yeah, that's that really that's what really just you know the being of service is such a gift that you know you can't pay for that you know sit here and getting the feedback from what Parkinson started to take away from a fighter and then what they've gained back since being in the program. Uh, one thing I I wanted to speak to that you were talking about about going out and feeling uncomfortable is that was one thing I did was I would go to the pediatric picnics and just listen you know yeah I would tell people about the program but I wanted to just sit and see what their side is like and I remember sitting on a picnic for Pediactive and there was a guy talking to another person with Parkinson saying you know I was on BART and I'm shaking and, and people think I'm drunk and I'm not drunk I have Parkinson's so like that's a good example of that's exactly what some people feel like so when they get to come together everyone's got the same you know disease that they're fighting they can relax and just be more feel comfortable around their yeah. environment around who they're with let their guard down and so uh that really stood out to me, and that was four years ago that I heard that. Uh, rewarding things that stories that I've really enjoyed. One of my fighters at the Albany location, she came in and she told me I couldn't cut the pie for Thanksgiving last year, mm. and this year she could do everything. She said I couldn't cut a pie, I couldn't get out of bed on my own, and so that really stood out to me. Next year I cut the turkey. I did everything. I can get out of the bed on my own. Her husband approached me at a pediatric function just on his own and said, hey, this really made our relationship better that since she started the boxing. And like that to me, it's like, that's the blessing is it trickles down. It's not just the fighter, the whole family has, has, gets benefits yes. from it. And so, and then another fighter or a couple or it's things they stopped doing that they enjoyed. I mean, that's kind of a big thing when I do an assessment. What did you like to do activity-wise? Shoot basketball hoops, or play basketball, play tennis, golf, etc. And so that was the things that stood out to me as a fighter. Hadn't played tennis in years. Started doing rock steady. A few months later, hey, I'm playing tennis again. It's like that's awesome. So now he's moving more. And then uh, another fighter said, I quit traveling three years ago. And then since then, he's told me, hey, I just went to Central Park in New York. I walked around it. I would have never done that if I didn't do the boxing program. Or same guy said, I went to San Francisco. I walked three miles with my wife. I could never do that before. And yeah. so it's like that right there, that's the that's the positivity that you just can't pay for. And it's just such a yeah. blessing to hear. Well, I'm, su I'm sure you've seen this. Um, you know, one of my favorite things is when I see somebody who, let's say they regain or, or improve uh, at maybe what would normally be considered a simple task or movement or ability that uh, they had diminished in quality a lot or lost altogether. And something as simple as rolling over doesn't mean, simple doesn't always mean easy. What I've 
you know, we teach rolling patterns and we teach a lot of different things, but more than just regaining the ability to do whatever comes the psychology and the mindset and the emotional uh, change by realizing the ability to do this thing again. And that mindset change, I think is probably infinitely more, uh, weighs more and has more uh, influence on um, their quality of life than the actual regaining the movement does. Because, you know, so many times you'll see somebody who's depressed and hopeless, and then they, all of a sudden, something works and they can do it again. And now they're unstoppable. They're optimistic. And of course, like you said, there's a trickle, right? Trickle down. The, the ripple effect goes out to caregivers, spouses, family, friends, coworkers, others in your class, probably. It's just, and to me, that is probably um, the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, because now so they've had a change of heart, change of mind, and they're unstoppable. And and there's research that shows not to ramble on and on, but you know if you look at Stanford again in the Huberman lab, if you even take uh, the example of uh, two mice in a tube, and if one mouse who might be weaker gets pushed and helped by maybe your finger in the tube or something in a tube that pushes the back end to push the other mouse out of the tube. It's a part of the brain, and we have it as humans, too, that it becomes the winner in you. It activates like a winning circuit, circuitry, and you actually think you're a winner now, and that makes you win without assistance later. So I know that in a way it's not the same as when you're doing it on your own, but then again, the assistance, you're assisting, you're coaching, there's assistance coming here. They're realizing benefits and boom, now they're out on their own cutting the turkey, walking three miles, walking Central Park. You didn't have to be there because you played your role and you continue to play your role. That's so freaking huge. Yeah, I love it. It's it's such a blessing, you know. Like you know, my dad always said, do something you're passionate about. And so for a while I was pursuing law enforcement. I went through the Contra Costa Sheriff's Academy. And one thing I liked about that element was they instilled never be a victim. And so that's what I like to take into this program is we're not victims. We're just adapting and dealing with what life's dealt. And then we're going to find the best way to make this the best quality of life possible. And so that's that was a blessing of going through that was getting that mindset and then just taking it taking it with me to rock steady. And, you know, I look forward to work. I know, you know, it sounds cheesy, but that that's what I always craved. You know, you watch all these motivational videos on YouTube. Don't waste your time if you're not doing something you're passionate about. Go figure that out. And so that's what it was for me was I have to do something I'm passionate about. That's just who I am. And it's like with all the martial arts background, I don't want that to get wasted. I want to be able to share that with people because it was given, it was shared with me. And so that's how I look at it. You just got to give back. You know, I've, I was fortunate to have really good trainers. You know, um, I had a fighter ask me the other day in class, oh, do you got a lot of head injuries? And they go, no, because I was fortunate that I worked with older people. Everyone was over, well, not everyone, but my main trainer was 50 when we started, about 52. Took me all over the Bay Area, guided me through the martial arts that I wouldn't have found on my own at my early 20s. So it's having mentors also. No one's successful on their own, I don't think. Um, and so I've always had lots lots of mentors, and that's been a big blessing too. Um, my, my main trainer, Pete, he's, 
doesn't want any recognition and it's just he's like that true martial arts like i just want to stay in the background i don't need any glory and so to have a mentor like that was was huge and then my main lineage it would that would be his senior instructor was uh, we refer to him as Manoy out of respect uh, meaning older brother but uh why I gravitated towards him at all. I mean, I did about 10 different martial arts, internal, external, and percussive styles. So Tai Chi, Bagua, Penjoxi Lot, Kali, which is Filipino, played with Wing Chun. So I, I, I've got a really diverse background with martial arts because of them. But what I also, it helped me decipher someone that really has the ability or someone that's just kind of trying to string you along to keep your money coming in. And so having yeah. that, uh, was uh, such a blessing. Uh, uh, Felix Pasqua, who's Manoy, uh, his lineage is Pangamo, which uh, is the martial art. He's based out of the Philippines. Why I gravitated towards him was he was very high skilled, but he could teach to any level, which is hard to do when someone's high skilled. And he was humble. And that's the difference. The character and integrity, that was the difference. I've seen it both sides of martial arts. And so I was thankful to have those mentors to help guide me. And so now I don't have head injuries uh, yeah. throughout that training, which is huge. I've met a lot of UFC fighters that have a lot of serious injuries and they're the same age as me, I'm 35. And it's it's tough to see because they're very talented. It, it's just they didn't get the chance to have maybe the same mentors as me. So it's, and I'm aware of that. So it's not that I was smarter than anyone, I just got fortunate that I had people in my life to really look out for me. That's awesome, man. Um, I agree with you. you can, you're not going to be successful by yourself. I certainly would have gotten nowhere if I didn't have some great help, instructors, professors, mentors. And that's um, one of the things I would like to add is I actually have a couple fighters in my program in Albany that really helped me on the back end. And again, that wouldn't, I wouldn't be as the standard I'm at right now without their help. And so that's another aspect is even when Zoom started, I made it known to them. I'm like, you guys have, I've always, as a coach, I have your back, but right now you really have my back. You're giving this online Zoom a chance. You know, I've got people from late forties to 90 on Zoom, you know? That's and so cool, that's man. a big hurdle. You know, and so I make it known. Thank you for giving this a chance. So it's, it's just been a big blessing. That is cool. Um, one of the things that I'm famous for doing is not tying things together. And I just realized something I may not have tied together. When I'm talking about the mouse, the mice in the tube, where one is pushing the other out, um, there is a part of the brain that is activated when you win something, even if you win with uh, assistance. And that activation of that part of the brain is present in uh, humans. And I'm trying to remember the name of the part. I know it doesn't really matter. It starts with an H, not the hippocampus, but um, it's something. The bottom line is that this, that this is something I'm kind of looking into right now. I'm just curious as I go back for a more education and a graduate program. I'm looking at this. How much do things weigh? And it's not that it really matters, but I'd like to see, and I hope that the, re the research shows that the not that, that the activation of that brain, which causes the belief in your possibilities of doing things, so your belief in yourself, I hope it weighs a thousand, 
thousand times more than the actual regaining of the ability. Because the mouse that lost, or that won, will continue to win most of the time and pushing another mouse out, but he did it with assistance or she did it with assistance. Well, it can change the brain. And you know what, I mean, I suppose I could, I haven't really thought about it, I suppose that could be used in a bad way, but we're using things in good ways to help people. And it's just an area that uh, I'm going off a little off track to another thing that I'm famous for is my tangent. No, I think it's great. I, I agree. Um, but, you know, does it matter that it weighs more? Maybe not, but it matters in quality of life change for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And when yeah. somebody somebody realizes something like that and another person sees them go through this who's also fighting, that is, or I should say it can be, very inspiring. I think I've seen more inspiration come out of that than anything. Um, I do say that when I'm in, uh, when a new fighter comes in the gym to observe a class, I, I tell people I don't sell the program. My fighters do. They literally will corral, you know, get like five fighters around this new fighter or that's observing, and they're like, "This is how it's helped me," and so they're getting it reaffirmed through their experience, and so that's awesome to see too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's let's move forward a little bit here. I'm curious as we talk about. Um, you know, you, your business you've had now for a few years that and the locations you're at, you've seen a lot of people, you've worked with a lot of fighters. Um, what advice would you give would you give to a person who lives with PD? And what advice would you give to a caregiver or spouse of that person? All right. So a person with PD, um, I've dealt with this a few times. I've had a fight, fighters that just do a lot of different things and they you know, push back on pricing or push back on scheduling of the classes. And so I, I get, I always take things back <clears throat> to the basics because I think that's, there's a lot of value in the basics. So end of the day, what's going to help slow the progression of Parkinson's disease? Force intense exercise. So if I've got a fighter that says, ah, you know, the boxing just isn't a good fit for me. I say, okay, but whatever you do, do it with force intense exercise. If it's riding a bicycle, you know, <clears throat> do some interval training, really get the heart rate up and down. And so that's what I, the advice I give to people that is maybe the program just doesn't fit for them. Uh, caregivers, uh, family members, what, what I'd say is you got to take care of yourself. Um, you know, I've seen family members take care of other family members and it just drains the person helping out. So you have to be doing your mental health as well as your fitness. So that's another thing. It's like, you know, the whole thing of putting your mask on before putting another person's mask on or helping. Same thing. If you're in a good place mentally and physically, you will be a better caregiver. If you're not, you're just going to be causing problems, really. Um, and that's what I don't want. I want caregivers to be going to support groups. Uh, again, they need that, that camaraderie with other caregivers. And then also staying physically fit too, because again, if you're if you throw your back out, how are you going to help someone that needs your help? So you got to just take care of yourself, and and it's not a bad thing. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that have this this being of service where they they don't think they need to take care of themselves, and that that's always something that no, you need to take a step back, take care of yourself, so that you can yeah. be a better giver. Seems like there's so many people who get into the for various reasons, different. Um, well, different reasons, like they feel obligated 
to help the other person first and not themselves, which is a very unselfish thing. Yet, you know, to take, I, I need to take care of myself so I can be better for others who I work with and my family. And I have a granddaughter coming any minute. I'll be a grandpa. So she's doing Halloween, but any day now, man, any day. So, I mean, I want to be in good shape for my family, my friends, my uh, people I work with. And caregivers, I tell you, man, they they don't get enough recognition, they, uh, generally speaking. I mean, you do, I do, but uh, it, it, by and large, they're kind of a distant second to the person who needs the help or, or with the, 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 let's say, the with Parkinson's. Let's use that for an example. And man, I I don't know how they do it sometimes, but bringing them in, that's great advice. It's, it's great advice to have them you know, take care of themselves. They need to take care of themselves. It's very, very important. It's, it's one of the most important things they can do for the person they're with. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, the, the halt saying, I'm sure you've heard it, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Uh, you know, it's like if you're, if you're any of those things, you better take a step back and figure out which one and then address it. Uh, yeah. Because that happens daily. If you don't, if you forget to eat lunch, you know, if you have too much of a fast, you know, it, it affects you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So how about if we take this over now to trainers, uh, coaches who work with, let's say, people with Parkinson's or anybody. Um, in fact, I did want to ask you one other question, so I'll go back to that right now. But let's tie it in, though. Let's tie it in with this uh, this last question I have before the other last question, <laughs> which is where can people find you? We'll get to that in a minute. Um do you use this training for anyone who doesn't live with Parkinson's? And do you have any advice for coaches and trainers out there at all? Any kind of advice at all? Sure. So I'll address the first part. I've ran, uh, I've ran people like the caregivers, for instance. I had a group of about 14 that wanted to try it out themselves. And so we did. I ran them through the class just like I would uh, with the Rocksteady Fighters. And they were exhausted because I set it up in the gym as a circus. So you're cool. going to 10 different stations, hitting heavy bags, double in, speed bag. I've got cones set up. You're doing side steps, back pedaling, high knees, sit to stands in a chair, hitting. I make a point every class, all our coaches do focus mints. Cause I just, when I started volunteering in San Francisco, I could just see the people just lit up when they were doing focus mints. It's just, yes. boom, it's just a different energy. So we always do focus mints um, in class, but yeah. And I would have continued doing that but that was when I got approached about starting the Danville Rocksteady by the Mount Diablo support group. So yeah. I had to put that on pause. Yeah. So eventually I will get back to non-Parkinson's, but really this the focus has been Parkinson's uh, specifically. Uh, when it comes to advice for coaches or trainers is really what I like to do with all my new coaches is just have you volunteer a few classes, shadow me. Um, and because a couple reasons, one is I need you to build up a rapport with the fighters so they're more com comfortable with you because a lot of people with Parkinson's, from my experience, they're a little off-put by new people because they're not as trusting. Uh, and the other reason why I want you to volunteer is because to see if it's a right fit for you. You, you know, it, it, it's hard to recruit coaches for this program because I need someone that's knowledgeable with boxing as well as Parkinson's. I get all my coaches certified. I pay for the certification through headquarters. But then also, you got to be a patient person. Um, that's a big part of that. You know, it, not every day is different for someone with Parkinson's disease. So someone might be freezing more 
one day than they were two classes ago. And so yeah. that's another thing you got to be aware of. So for coaches and trainers, it's patience is huge. Uh, making sure that you're confident in your abilities because people can tell if you're not. Um, yes. And that so that would be some of the advice I would have. I, I've 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 turned down people that have came to me wanting to coach. I could tell they just didn't have they weren't the right fit. Their energy might be different. Or another thing I don't like is drill sergeants. You can't be a drill sergeant to these fighters. Half, a lot of them have already been in the military, and they've said this directly to me. I've already been in the military. I don't need to go back. So whenever I had a coach that was like a drill sergeant, I'd have to nip that in the bud right away because that's not the environment I need. Right, right. Yeah, good advice. Great advice. I've really enjoyed this, man. I'm glad we were able to connect today. Um, yeah. I love the work you're doing. It's people like you who are really out there making a difference. You're helping people to change the quality of their life. I appreciate that. They appreciate that. How can people find you? If they want to know more, where do they Absolutely. go? Yeah, so I am on, well, on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's Rocksteady Boxing Albany, CA. I know there's confusion from New York, but it's in California. Um, and then my website is Rocksteady Boxing GBA, and that's for Greater Bay Area. So again, it's rocksteadyboxinggba.com. Um, okay, cool. That's you can go on the website and you can contact me through email there. Uh, but I've really enjoyed this conversation too, and I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to do, to do this podcast. I really think podcasts are such a great outlet for uh, spreading knowledge and information and getting just to interact with each other. I mean, I look forward to this. You know, it's like I'm up actually early. To come sit in my garage and do an interview, but it's like, that's the reality of where we're at, and Appreciate I think that's a trip. You know, it's like last week I'm sitting in here at five thirty in the morning so that I could do it. You know, the coach uh, conference deal uh, or the coach meeting that starts at eight thirty in Indianapolis, and it's like I wouldn't be up at four thirty if I really didn't love doing this. And so, I hear you, man. Yeah, it's just been. I great. hear you. Well, you know, I started doing interviews. I don't know, six and a half years ago. Partially because it was, well, mostly self-indulgent. I just wanted to learn more. And you know what? It's led. It's actually led to a ton of opportunities and a ton of different things. But more than anything, is led to two primary things, which is I meet great new people. Yeah. And I, I have now have friends. I'm sure we're going to be talking in the future. In fact, when I, uh, when I say goodbye to everybody here, I want you to hang on with me because mm -hmm. I have a, something I want to ask you. But it's also, I've, I've, I've learned so much. And, you know, i got to keep doing this kind of thing because I want to spread the word of, of uh, what people like you are doing to try to get it out there. Hopefully drive business your way. Maybe if they're not in your area, at least they'll be inspired to go something, do something in their own area, right? That's Just what I would also like to say is I'm online Zoom right now. So you could be coming to my true. classes all over the world. I. I try to make that clear. I'm in lots of support groups and on Facebook, and it's like you could do this class if you're in Colorado. So it's just that's another reality. Is yeah, hey, yeah, if you that's want to true. Try out my program. Email me. I'll give you the link, and you can yeah. see what it's like. I've got, I know I have I have clients that work with out of the country one on one, I, and I don't know why I'm still not in the mindset of even promoting outside my area. Yeah, but I'm really glad you said that. So yes, people watching, people listening, because this goes to a bunch of different platforms besides YouTube. Yeah. Um, go to Rocksteady, 
boxinggba.com, right? Greater Bay Area. Check it out. And it doesn't matter where you are. You can still exactly. yeah. you can still jump in and uh, join uh, Daniel. Well, cool, man. Hey, let's, yeah, hang on with me when I say when I sign off. Uh, any uh, final words? Anything you want to say before we sign off, my friend? Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I love having these conversations, and I just find so much value. So just thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it very much. I'm inspired. And uh, gosh, I got to tell you, sometimes I think I need to call up Rock City and inquire about a franchise or a license or whatever, because there's a lot. Of, I think I would have a lot of fun with that. It's a lot of fun, really. And I'm not really traveling anymore, but despite COVID, I still wasn't traveling. Well, it, it's a lot more than people think because you got the back end. It's like any other business. Oh, sure, yeah, business. <laughs> you still got to do that end. Yeah. yeah. All right, my friend. Well, thanks again for all you're doing, and thanks everybody who's watching and listening. Uh, just get out there, you know. The, the, the thing is, I always try to give a little advice at the end here. I am as guilty of the next person as not wanting to get up and move. This is every day for me okay now this isn't about me but i'm just going to tell you that if you don't feel like getting up and moving you're not alone you're in my club you're in the carl who doesn't want to move club but that's so many of us because we can do so many things sitting down now or laying down we can do things on our phone i barely get on my laptop half the time you know i can do stuff on the phone but you know what got to get up got to put one foot in front of the other i've got to get moving because when you get started, you get the energy to keep going. And there's a whole thing about that, about the brain and the circuitry that happens and the neurochemicals that happen and the neuroplasticity that occurs that keeps you moving once you get started moving. So it really goes back to the three words I love to say, and now I know more why I say it and the scientific stuff behind it, which is another conversation, but just get started. Just get started. Just keep moving because you will get the energy to keep moving. Go see Daniel. Get on Zoom. Join one of his classes. Just do it. Oh, that's Nike. Just do it. So just get started, man. Okay. Thanks again, my friend. And thanks, everybody, again. Remember, get started. Get moving. Stay healthy. Have a great day. Me too.